Today on the program, fucking what the fucking fuck? Who the fuck fucked this fucking? How did you two fucking fuck? Fuck! It's Boondock Saints. Uh, my intro kind of bled over into the theme a little too much there. It's okay. I'll fix it in post. No, 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 no. It's fine. No? Right. Whatever. Uh, just, I, I knew it had to be that line. Just, it had to. Just right out of the gate. Just let people know what type of episode this is going to be. <laughs> just fucking fuck, 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 fuck. Anyway, welcome to the Rewatch Party. I'm your host, Nick. Joining me, as always, are the Tourette's to my fuck ass, Lois and Brandon. How you guys doing? Why I always got to be on bitch detail? <laughs> Uh, as we said up top today, we are talking about the Boondock Saints from 1999, written and directed by Troy Duffy. It's been a real theme lately, is the written and directed, just like last week. Seems like you have a theme. Like, I have a theme? Yeah. I only prefer uh, If you can't write and direct your own movie, please get out. Well, that's not true, because Bloodsport's my number one jam, and that wasn't written and directed by the same guy. Can you imagine how crazy you'd be, though, if, if it was <laughs> written and directed by Van Damme? Oh, my God. Uh, that's the quest, which we will get to, and uh, I will probably be lathering myself during that episode. <laughs> Just one step above how insane I was on Bloodsport. Um, so, yeah, Troy Duffy, this fucking guy, all right? So he was a bartender working in L.A., right? Like you do. You work in the service industry when you're trying to get into any kind of performance, like I did when I was trying to be a musician, and everybody I worked with was a writer, an actor, or a musician also. It's what you do in L.A. Yeah. Um, somehow, Harvey... The motherfucking Weinstein, that piece of shit. Uh, at the time, nobody knew he was a piece of shit yet. He was just like a super powerhouse. The Weinstein Company either could make or break your movie, period. People like, knew he was an asshole. He, they knew he was an asshole, but they didn't know he was a... He liked assholes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, they all knew that. They just knew that they couldn't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a whole lot of stuff. Well, people, if I talk, I'm not... People, shit, he's got, he'll blacklist me. ruin my me career. And, That's yeah. what happened to... Um, God damn, I can't think of her name. Uh, she was in The Relic. She played Marilyn Monroe in some movie. Rose McGowan. No. no. Uh, I can't think of her Alyssa name. Alyssa Maria, 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 something with an M. Anyway, she had like two or three roles and was like, oh, hot up and comer. She was really good and then all just disappeared. Why? Because she wouldn't, wouldn't blow or fuck Weinstein or mm. whatever like he demanded. And uh, he killed her career. Damn. That's what he did. So What a dick. Yeah. Uh, Weinstein's like, a huge what piece a of jerk shit. off. Like, fuck. That's why. That's why this. I mean, that's that's what the whole thing was about. Like, I think they should free him from prison, but they should cut off his dick. Cut off his dick. Yeah, just castrate no, I, him. I don't know. I think they should put him with people like the sisters from Shawshank. Just like let you be on the receiving end of that type of bullshit. You fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta swallow what I give you to. Yeah, swallow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is, I think you well, put it in my this mouth. Isn't about lust. Lose. This is just about power or whatever. <laughs> no, you don't understand. <laughs> when the we'll brain's all, been penetrated by I'm a sharp put all object, eight inches of the steel into your ear. Oh, well then you're dead. Well, anything that you put in your mouth in my mouth, you're going to lose. Yeah, right. I oh, that's right. Did I say that? Um, anyway, so Weinstein somehow Troy Duffy got the ear of Weinstein and got him on his side. Weinstein. The ear of Weinstein's playing ACL. <laughs> Ugh, the ear of Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Um, They're so, like a Hebrew band. 
They all carry a guy around on chairs. L'chaim, everyone. Thank you for coming out. Opa. I don't think they say opa. That's Greek, right? Yeah. Damn it. I got it wrong. Okay. So anyway. guys all look the same to me. Mediterranean guys all look the same to me. Mediterranean guys. So Weinstein not only bought the script, but allowed him to direct and compose the score for this movie, and even bought the bar that Troy Duffy worked at, and he and Troy Duffy co-own the bar in L.A. now. Uh, he uh, Duffy had a band called The Brood. He changed their name to The Boondock Saints to capitalize on the success of this movie because he's a fucking miserable piece of shit, too. Um, but got this made. And then somehow during the, the course of Boondock Saints All Saints Day, pissed off Weinstein, and I think that's why that went straight to video, didn't it? Didn't they? Boondocks like, 2? Yeah, didn't they cancel like the theatrical release of that? I, yeah, I he ended up pissing off Weinstein somehow, which, as we've just discussed, you piss off Weinstein, your career's gone. Didn't want to blow the Weinstein. So, but you were still on good terms with it. So yeah, this random guy talked, the biggest guy in Hollywood, into doing all this. So he got, I mean, the, the dream deal, the dream, the deal that everybody moves to L.A. to try to get, he ended up getting. So this was released... I think just a couple of weeks after the Columbine shooting. Ooh. Bad timing right there. Terrible timing with the amount of, of gunplay and stuff in this. So it's almost it, as bad as of timing as uh when George Carlin's nine eleven release was supposed to come out. On nine eleven and it was called I, I like when a lot of people I sort of like it when a lot of people die. Uh, oh jeez. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> That's true, too, by the way. Look that up. Yeah. Dang so it. did he change the title? I, they didn't release it. They just so, didn't release it yeah, at all? Sort of bad. It's like, did you just... Are you serious? George, George Carlin... So how many, have how many like, fucking message boards like, dude, he was in on it, man. Oh, the George internet Carlin, is crazy was, with it. Uh, he, didn't live too sh- after, he, he didn't live too much longer after that, dude. All those people, what, like, did you die? watch old movies, like, he predicted 9-11. Look, The Simpsons predicted 9-11. Look, everything predicted 9-11. George well, the Carlin Simpsons pred- predicted everything. Simpsons did predict everything. I he, think huh. he only died seven years after. Only seven? Wow. Unlucky seven. Unless you're playing, uh, what's that car, that game? Well, you want to roll seven or 11? Uh, craps. craps. Yeah, thank you. Jesus. You're drawing a blank. Like the game. <laughs> the one fucking game. Only on your first roll, but after oh, the, after se- that, after you the second roll, you don't want it to uh, hit seven. No whammies, no whammies, no you whammies. Can hit, you can hit 11, though, all day. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're, they're about to release it and then Columbine happened. So it got a very, very limited theatrical release. Mm. It went down to like just a few handfuls of theaters across the nation instead of a major release, which obviously hurt its box office. It was, uh, it was a flop by monetary standards. Um, but then when it came out on home video, it gained the huge cult following because it came out in 99, but I think it was 2003 or four before I caught wind of it. I had a roommate who just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And every time I'd come home from work, he's sitting on the couch, usually in his underwear, half drunk already, giggling his ass off at Boondock Saints almost every day. Um, so anyway, sadly for Troy Duffy, his contract did not have anything about home video profits. So mm, he wow. lost money because the Columbine thing killed the theatrical release and it Completely lost money there, so he got nothing back. And then when it was a huge hit on DVD, he got nothing. Damn. Um, he did get into a legal suit 
and uh, did renegotiate. So he did get a share of home video profits eventually. And they gave, like, they approved, okay, we'll let you have a sequel. We understand it wasn't a flop because of your fault or the movie's fault. Obviously, the movie's successful enough, so they... You can have a sequel now. So he did, I mean, it, it did kind of turn around for him, but he probably could have been mega rich off of it had it not been for the timing. So um, that being said, don't ever watch the second one. If you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> you don't need listeners, to. don't. Just don't. So uh, we get a 20th Century Fox logo, which... I feel that makes sense. This is very much 20th Century Fox type movie, right? And they're the only ones that would release this. So, we open took up. Pride in- <laughs> yes, no Universal. Universal wouldn't take a risk on this. Had to be had to be Fox. Um, so we're opening our opening of the movie. It's St. Patrick's Day in Boston. The, I mean, the most Irish city in America on the most Irish day. And um, <clears throat> some trivia. I was. I think I had to get this from you Amazon. You were in Boston? I was watching oh. watching this through Amazon, and uh, yeah. as you watch it and it's casted to your screen, it pops up on your phone if you're, uh, before you shut it off and it gives you trivia or something. Oh, awesome. Whatever's coming up. And this one, it said there's a continuity error right off the bat. Oh. Because it's supposed to be April or uh, when's... Uh, St. Patrick's Day March. It's March, so it's March, so it's even earlier. It's spring. It's not even. It's not even supposed to be... Uh, anything blooming yet? It's uh, oh right because it's Boston. It's up north, so it would still be winter. Everything would still be ice cold over there. But it was, spring hasn't even hardly started. Yeah, it was yeah. Very nice and green. So that's the continuity error. Continuity error. There it is. That's true because my birthday is at the end of March, and it's still fucking cold and a lot of times snowy. Mm. And that's you know Kansas. That's way Especially further way south than Boston. In Kansas. Yeah. So Boston would be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, Troy Duffy. Son Strike number one. Bitch. How did you like the snow coming out here when it would uh, snow the other day? It snowed the other day. I was, I was kind of excited, but like, I have a different kind of fear because there are at least one, what, 1. 1.2 is a greater Austin population, 1.2 million that yeah. don't know shit about snow. So I'm not worried about me handling it. I'm worried about all the other people because Texas drivers already don't know how to switch lanes or merge. And when there's snow on the ground, fuck. Forget yeah. about Forget it. Forget about it, dude. I'm... I'm walking home. Is that I'm not getting true? on the roads at all. Uh, so we got, we're at a Catholic mass because that's what you do on St. Patrick's Day. Before or after you drink? Before, during, and after. <laughs> uh, no, because uh, I didn't. I guess it's not. Ri- I didn't ever think it was a holy holiday. It was just a guy that took all the snakes out, wasn't it? You got me. No, he no didn't. So I believe St. Patrick's did have a whole lot to do with bringing Catholicism to Ireland. Mm, probably. Um, I know there was a massacre. There was a massacre, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think the thing was he was like the the, the 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 not fairy tale the whatever the lore that came about him afterwards is he was like the Pied Piper of fucking snakes. Mm. But he had, the the actual guy did actually have a big hand in Catholicism. So uh, we get the true story. The priest is telling the story of Kitty Genovese, who uh, was raped and murdered outside of her house in Queens, and uh, all these spectators stood around and did nothing. They watched. As she died and did absolutely nothing. And her killer just walked away. He just walked away. Um, So this was a true story. And this, uh, the bystander apathy is now called bystander syndrome or now Genevieve syndrome, which is a person's inability to take action 
because they're either unsure if it has already been taken or what exactly they should do. So they just stand there and watch and don't do anything. And then the guy gets away with it. Mm-hmm. So they use, Troy Duffy used this true story as his kind of catalyst for what, uh, what his movie's about. So that sets up the boy's motive because, you know, it's a real, a real coming to God moment here. Um, all the, what is it, the priest says, all that evil, evil needs to thrive is the indifference of good men. So, and speaking of the boys, we meet our two, our two main guys here. We get Sean Patrick Flannery. He plays Connor. And uh, Walking Dead's Norman Reedus plays Murphy. Yes, that's right. And uh, so we, they go to work. They work at a meat plant. Um, and uh, so they're training Rosengerdy Baumgartner. Is this lady's name, right? She's played by Dot Marie James. And someone says, the rule of thumb here is, and she goes, what did you say? Rule of thumb. It's because you used to be able to beat your wife with a stick as long as it wasn't bigger than the size of your thumb. And he's like, well, you can't do much damage with that, is it? Should have been rule of wrist. (laughs) Because they're apparently fresh off the boat immigrants from Ireland. Their accent is so bad. Neither of these guys are Irish, and they are not good at faking the accent. It's pretty fucking atrocious, the whole movie. But um, she gets pissed off to talk about rule of wrist. First of all, they couldn't get... Two Irishmen to play right? a couple Irishmen. You couldn't get uh, there, you couldn't get fucking Liam Neeson in here. It was the nineties? Yeah. What did I, uh, I Liam Neeson's? <laughs> Liam Neeson's. He just would have stood around pissing himself the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. Now I've got to go avenge my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep going, my friend. That's right. Well, because I don't know Liam Neeson. Like he's been he's been Greek gods. He's been everything, but he's always had that Irish accent. Now you need an Irish accent, and you can't get anybody. You get fucking Georgia raised Norman Reedus to try to be an Irishman. It's just it's more offensive than groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons and his Scottish thing. Like this is a bad trope. But uh, so she gets pissed off about the rule of wrist thing and kicks. Connor, Sean Patrick Flay, kicks him in the nuts. Nut so, trauma right off the bat. Nut trauma before the credits are even done. Immediate nut trauma. Uh, so then Murphy has to attack her back, and they get into a big fight, and they, their foreman's just like, oh, Jesus. Fuck. Like, this is just commonplace. Oh, the boys are fighting again. They're on the hitting people with, like, slabs of beef and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. God damn it. So then they get home to their shithole apartment, which is just like plaster walls that are falling apart, Be- mattresses on the floor, it's and like that's an it. Abandoned ha- uh, building. Essentially, or like they don't have any furniture, nothing on the walls except the nails that they hang their rosaries on. Uh, one nightstand, I think, in between the two mattresses, and that's it. They had a shower curtain. Yeah, well, that's good. So they didn't have to see each other's dicks all the time. Not even like homeless Not like people. I, I don't think these two would care. Like, I feel that they just walk around naked in front of each other. These two brothers are close in a way that's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do everything. They take a shit at the same time, too. You know, they'll take their coat and they off. And they do not have a door on that bathroom. No. Nope. No, they sit on they sit on top of each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the double-decker? We're brothers. <laughs> just tuck yourself back and let my poo flow through. <laughs> You missed the hole. Oh, you, you made him see him. Oh, goodness gracious. I was, I was taking a drink, you dick. Bloody fucker over here. Doesn't know how to drink a beer. Oh, my God. Drink so, a beer. So there's a deleted scene. Uh, it wasn't added in the DVD thing, so this isn't going to be like the Blues Brothers where I saw stuff you guys didn't. It's just actually in the deleted scene section. But they get a, f- a phone call from their mom. 
and she's talking to him, and they want to know because they're twins, as you can tell, because they look nothing alike. But I guess they're just just because they're maternal twins doesn't mean they're identical. Anyway, they're twins, and they want to know who's oldest. And she goes, "Oh, it's easy. It's the one with the bigger cock." <laughs> And then they kind of look at each other and then what? look down at their own dicks, and that's the end of the scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. So Are good they thing twins? they cut that out. Yeah, they're supposed to be twins. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So I can almost see it if I close I my guess. eyes. Yes. I mean, they both sound just as insulting to Irish people when they talk, so they got that going for them, but they don't look anything alike. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even peg them for brothers, much less twins. But, uh, you know, Troy Duffy had to cast who he could get a hold of at the time, so he did his best. Um, so now after after they strip, get home and strip, they redress and they go to the bar. You know, we walk in, hey, fuck ass, get me a beer! Right? Rocco comes in. That's uh, The actor's name is David Della Rocco, and the character's name is David Della Rocco. They said they wrote it for him, they right? came up with this specifically for him. They could yeah. be Irish twins. Y'all familiar with that term? Oh, Irish twins. Yeah, uh-huh. they're uh-huh. only just a f- they're only nine months apart. They're uh, less than twelve months. Less than so, twelve yeah. months apart. Because, okay. Yeah, because Irish people are always doing it. I guess they're, they're poor, and so. I mean, you could say that about anyone, right? I thought that was supposed to be like the Chinese multiplier. These people fuck a lot, or these people have a lot. Or the Chinese multiplier. <laughs> I never heard they, that one. They had to put that. The government had to put restrictions on it, even. Yeah. Um, no, and I yeah. just looked it up. I was like Irish twins. I was like, I've I've heard that somewhere, and I looked it up, and it's yeah, Irish they're born twins. less than twelve months apart because you hardly gave the you get rid of one, you get I another. Hardly give it time to heal before you give it. I can trying to think of a rhyme. I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Healer, don't even let it mend before you stick it back in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. So anyway, Rocket comes in. So fuck ass is talking. Uh, the guy's name, I don't even know his actual name. They just always call him fuck ass because he has Tourette's and that's his, his, his tick. Tick is fuck, fuck, yes. Um, he says they have to shut down the bar because they can't, he doesn't have money to keep it, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, you know what they say? People in glass houses sink ships. And Roca, Rocco's like, we got to get you a fucking... Oh, he's got it. Hey, Doc, I got to buy you like a proverb book or something. This mix and match shit's got to go. Yeah, and then they start making fun of him. Like, you can't sit on a motorcycle if a motorcycle doesn't have one and something, something. And they, I don't know, they're, they're fucking with him, right? So these Russians come in and they're trying to shut it down. And uh, it's like, hey... It's St. Patrick's Day. We're all Irish. Just have a beer and fucking hang out. Let's all be cool and relax. And they fucking slap drinks out of their hand and they're talking shit. Bastards. And fuck ass. He pulls a biff here. This is a biff line. Why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here? I mean, biff did an F-bomb, but that's a biff tannin line. Oh, man, that's right. Make like a tree and get out of here. I need to find that. So anyway, we it, 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 it like almost shit happens, but then it cuts to the next morning, right? And this sets up, like, the whole point of the movie. The reason everybody's like, holy shit, this movie's so cool is because we get the aftermath and the investigation, and then it cuts back to see what happened. It's a very Tarantino out-of-order thing, and that's, like, the whole fucking, I don't know, that's the whole shtick of this movie. But we're in this alley, and Green Lee, played by Bob Marley, seriously, that's his name, is Bob Marley. I saw that, too, in the credits. I was like, Bob Marley. Well, okay, he's... 
I forget how old this movie is, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't quite you must have uh, done a couple I things already. I don't remember seeing a dude with any dreadlocks. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so Bob Marley is playing Greenlee. Thinks he has it all figured out, right? This some um, fucking huge guy crushed this dude here. Now, he went after this guy first. Why? Because he's smart. He's already got a wound on his head, right? Where you going? Nowhere. You going fucking nowhere. And during his little explanation, Agent Smecker, played by Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Comes walking up. Something of a science man myself. <laughs> Something of a scientist myself. <laughs> uh, what was he in before? Has was he been on the show for? Uh, he, he's been in our show once before, hasn't he? He's been on the rewatch. This no, he hasn't. First, this isn't Defoe's. No, he was. Uh, he was in a fucking American Psycho. Is that what it was? He was. Ex- oh, he was the, yeah. the fucking cop. Yeah, and I'm somewhat of a psycho. That's where he gets. Where he's he gets like Huey Lewis in the news. I love him. I oh, love I don't him. really listen to music. They, I don't like singers. Sound- too black sounding for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, so each his own. he walks up as uh, Greenlee's talking about this huge guy crushing people, you know. And, Crusher. And Smecker comes walking up, hands on his hips, just being a smug little fucker. He's like, who are you? And he opens his jacket and there's the FBI badge. That's who the fuck I am. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounded exactly like him right there, too. Uh, so these guys are the Russian mob. So, hey, Greenlee, uh, go to get me coffee. Two creamers. What? I don't... Captain, I don't, oh, oh, so Greenlee has to go on a coffee run because he's a bitch. So Smecker does his thing, becomes his little tick where he puts in his headphones and starts his opera music. It's a CD player, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a Discman. <laughs> yeah, it was it technically still the 90s, so that's all right. Yeah. And he like waves his hands and kind of like enjoys his aria as he like looks at the wall, looks down at the body, sees this, kind of like does the little, looks at the trajectory of things and lays it all on his head. And then uh, comes back. He's like, all right, I need you to talk to the manager of this building. Ask if there's any uh, water dripping anywhere. You check that building. You, I'm going to need you to get two fifty caliber bullet casings, one out of that wall, one out of this dumpster. And, uh, well, you've got to only find one casing. Look under the body. Oh, Found it. There it is. I'll yeah. be damned. So how did you know all that? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so... All, really here we're saying that the Boston Police Department is totally incompetent, which I can't, I can't really believe. In the most Irish city, sorry to feed into stereotypes, but Irish people like to drink and fight, and they don't ever talk to cops. So cops, I feel, have to be even tougher and better at their job to try to deal yeah. with all that. So I highly doubt that the Boston Police Department is this inept, but... yeah. Uh, that's how Troy Duffy wants it to be. So, hey, they, we got a report of water on the fourth floor. He's like, oh... So oh. we head to the fifth. Da foul. Da. Yeah. So then they're going up, and he's like, this is what uh, Greenlee's still lipping off. He's like, I might just be wanting a bagel with my coffee. I ain't getting no fucking bagel. And then we get to the, the brother's apartment, and all we see is them walk up. The, like, we're inside the apartment looking out the door, right, as they walk up. So we don't know what they're seeing. It just, we see Defoe click Snap his fingers and point over shoulder. We'll start the ass kissing with you. And points at Greenlee. Because uh, Greenlee, again, was fucking wrong. You. Yeah. So, uh, I, fi- I mean, this movie will would not work without Defoe. He fucking makes this Defoe. movie for me. Defoe. Defoe. He is the best part of this movie. And he just goes... 
I mean, he's always a bit weird. Like, his fucking introduction is a bit weird, and he just gets weirder and weirder and more extreme until he has that fucking meltdown in front of the house towards the end. Like, he's amazing, and I don't think that this movie would be anything without Willem Dafoe in it. Dafoe. Dafoe. So, uh, our, our brothers are in the hospital, right? In these robes. Connor has his wrists bandaged. And the last we knew about our brothers was they were about to get in a fight with Russians. So, we have no idea what happened. And he's, like, playing a, was that slap, what's it called where you have to... Hand slap game? The yeah. hand slap game. They both put... Have like, red hands, hands or whatever. Out. One's palms up, one's palms down. And you got to bring your hands from beneath and slap the top before they can move their hands. I, I think slap game? Whatever it's called. But he, like, has... I think it's a, a regional name. Has the kid close his eyes, like, just, just try to feel it. Just wait till you feel it. And then Murphy, the brother... Slaps the kid's hands like, so fast you couldn't even feel it, could you? Couldn't even feel it, could you? Um, and I know that sounds really bad, listeners, but it's probably better than they were doing in the movie. So, fuck ass comes in, and uh, it's like, the, the cops came by and left the card. You know, he said he's going to be back. Fuck ass! And there's nuns sitting there that start making oh. the sign of the cross on themselves. Oh, my. And, uh, and so they're like, hey, hang on to this bag, which we don't know where that bag fucking means. So he walks off screaming fuck ass randomly, and they look at the nuns like, you know what it means? Like half of what he says. You gotta be sorry about that. You know? um, so now we're at the police station, and Defoe's like, what one of you bagel munching, fucking Irish sons of bitch, cop, slut, bag, fuck, tit, sh-? I don't know. He just goes on this little rant of cuss words, leaks something to the press, because now these guys are gonna fucking hide, and we're never gonna find them, and you fucking inept sons of bitches, you pieces of shit. And greatly, again, these guys are fucking miles away from here. You motherfucker, they're blah, 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 blah. They got away lucky on this one. And, you know, thanks for coming. Just all you, all you can really do now is tie a potato to a string and drag it down town square. And the guy, the brothers happen to walk in behind him like, oh, you'd have better luck with the beer. Greenly, uh, I would like an onion bagel. No! Cream cheese. <laughs> so, uh, fucking Greenlee now has to go get the bagel because he's a piece of shit. Right, so now we get to cut back to the last night at the bar. Um, so, they have the fight, right? Like, they're slapping drinks out of the hands. Big old fist fight. Uh, uh, director Troy Duffy's actually in the background of this scene. He's the guy with, like, a green bandana on his head just standing there watching, not doing shit. Hmm. Because everybody else is, like, wrestling around. There's just this one good standing back there, and that's that's Troy Duffy. Um, so, basically, they break bottles over one guy's head, and that's why the one had a head bandage. They throw the other on top of the pool table and pour whiskey on his ass and light it on fire, and that's why he had an ass bandage. Uh, so, there's that. Then, the next morning, they break into the apartment, right? And they cuff Connor to the toilet and drag Murphy out. And he's like, you guys are pussies. It was just a fight, you fucking pussies. So Connor, screaming, yanks the toilet out of the floor, which... I've been there, Connor. That's not easy to do. Uh, But with the handcuffs on, so he's like bleeding from the wrists, uh, from the strain of this. And uh, climbs up to the roof... Which, I don't know how he, I, I, they were taking the brother, what'd they say, like, we're going to kill your brother and we're coming back for you, right? So how did he know 
what like what was how what made him go up to the roof? How do you know they were going to be down there in that alley? What? How does this just make any sense? Any any ideas? No, no, no. I, like, none. Just he decides to go up on the roof and stands on the ledge of the building, throws the toilet down, and then immediately jumps. Jumps after, after it. it, yeah. Uh, and I don't know how tall the building is because they're on the fifth floor, obviously. But was it a ten-story building? It can't be that high. Because was he on the roof? I thought he, he went was, out the like the no, fire. He was, he was up on the roof. Oh. Because he like it showed him walking across the roof to the edge, and he stands so, on like, the lip of the building. The if, little, he, like, if he goes up with the toilet, uh-huh. he's got a couple chances. To either he'll they're going to bring up his brother and get either him, they went to the and roof, and then he can go like he could smack the back of the head, or he's going to run downstairs and take him somewhere, and hopefully he can beat him to the front door and drop it just in time. Yeah, but he luckily ha- out there and happens he can, to go to the right side because he's got four sides of the building to look over. He happens to look over the right one, but like drops the toilet and immediately jumps. So the toilet lands on the one's head, and he lands on the other guy. Man, yeah, that that one's funny. And like, that's why I'm saying it can't be that. Like, fifth story might be the top story because even a five story fall, even if you land on a guy, you're fucked. It's gonna hurt. I mean. Legs are because he hits the guy, but his legs still hit pavement. Yeah, and he rolls, but your legs are shattered. Like you're gonna get more than the bandages on your wrists from pulling the toilet up. You're you're fucked. Um, but that's how. So they what they they shoot him. Fuck fuck the guys up. Right. Well, when he hits the drops on the one guy's head, that his gun goes off, and that's the one that goes down the alley and embeds in the wall. When he lands on the other guy, that's the one that shoots into the dumpster, and that's the bullets that. Uh, Defoe was looking for. And but Connor's passed out from his jump, and so Murphy grabs the lid of the toilet and just bashes heads in. That's what that's how he takes him out, right? And ends up killing him. So they he like takes all their money and their guns and all their possessions and puts them in this bag. That's the bag they had given to fuck ass. Picks his brother up, throws him over his shoulder, and, and takes off. All right. So they now they're they're sitting there in the interrogation room talking to Smecker here, and they speak like every language because they're talking to each other, and they go through like Russian, German, Spanish, French, I don't know uh, what else. And he's like, "What are you guys doing here? Why are you working at a meat plant? You should be in show business with you." What are you guys? He, he talks. He's like, like so like, impressed with these brothers, right? Just like he was uh, in American Psycho, like he plays that. Oh detective. yeah, he's that's like, all like. Like I'm trying so to be on your side. You. I'm so on your side. You yeah. know, I can't. I can't. Uh, tell me more. You know, yes. just keep talking to me. Yeah, and then, and then cross him. When, like, you son when, of a bitch. when uh, the other cop comes in, he's like, "Hey, the press is here. You guys want to talk to him? No, actually, could we stay here?" And the cop's like, "Yeah, we got an empty." Se- oh wait, is that okay? And Specter's like. Uh, we'll have to talk to your mother, but it's okay with me if your friends want to stay the night. <laughs> like, what so clever. is wrong with this guy? So clever. Um, so Rocco ends up bringing him a change of clothes and their rosaries, you know, and uh, so they have a dream. The sermon from the beginning is playing through their heads again, and the, the ceiling is leaking on them all dramatically as they, like, <gasps> rise up in bed, and the <gasps> angels are singing, and it's this huge... It's a huge Blues Brothers have you seen the light moment. And they they have seen the light. So they're getting dressed in the morning. Oh, also Murphy, Norman Reedus here, does the coolest thing where he puts his shirt on with like his arm tucked up all weird. 
And then it like has it kind of on awkwardly and he just like straightens his arm out and all of a sudden the shirt's on. It's like the coolest, smoothest fucking move I'd ever seen. And I kind of want to copy it. it. It's like... I can appreciate a good seamless way of putting on a shirt. I mean, yeah. Because the other one's like doing it normally. You know, I put my shirt on like everybody else. One, arm, one, one arm, arm at a time. But no, Norman Reedus like has it on looking pretty awkward. And you're like, oh, he's caught. He's something. He just like puts his arms out Jesus-like and the shirt's on perfectly. Just what the fuck was that? It was amazing. I think that he did it on purpose. He's like, I got this one trick. And I'm going to make sure it gets into this movie. You see... We're on a mission from God. That's right. Now they, I guess they are in their yeah. eyes. They are on a mission from God. So the, the pager that they got from the Russian goes off, right? So Connor goes to call the number while Murphy goes and smooths over with the cops, you know, has some breakfast, chit chats, blah, 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 warms him up. So he gets all this info about the big guy, his plane lands at this time. He's got this room at this hotel, et cetera, et cetera. So Rocco goes to his boss, who is Yakaveta. And his crony Vincenzo, which is played by the autofellatio meister himself, Ron Jeremy. That's right. The man who's famous for sucking his own dick. Um, that's really all I know really? about. Really? Yeah, he's he was called the hedgehog and he got known because he could blow himself. Really? And okay, uh, cool. I can't remember. I might have probably was Howard Stern. It seems like something Howard Stern would get into, but he was asking him about it. Like, what's that like? How does it, how is that? Because every guy's always like, I'd never leave the house, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I mean, on one hand, you're like, man, you're getting your dick sucked, and that feels really good, and that's great. But then the other half of your brain's saying, You're the one doing the sucking. Dude, there's a dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Ron Jeremy's in this movie. And so the boss is mad about a phone call, right? And he screams, You insignificant little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he delivers it is really weird. He makes sure to emphasize cunt out of the word insignificant and slams the phone down. He's like, I just can't do this anymore. Normally, back in the day, you just kill a guy, but now they have unions or whatever. Like, what the fuck? You're the mob. What do you care? Just shut the fuck up. And he's like, I'm having a bad day. Everybody says you're funny. Tell me a joke. So we get the infamous joke. And we're not going to play the joke. We are not playing the joke. Fuck down. Stop. <laughs> we're not going to play this fucking joke because I don't want... All the fucking shitty terms. We do not want... And he tries to tell this joke, and if anybody's seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, where we gotta get all the offensive terms about Mexicans and black people. Because he can't just say Mexicans are black people. Yacoveta insists that he uses the offensive terms. Yes, and we're not gonna use those terms. And so, anyway, this joke... This was the part that my old drunk roommate would no. sit and laugh at, and he would rewind and listen to this joke <laughs> over and over and cackle wildly. It's sort of a it's sort of a funny joke, though. I mean, it's I guess it kind of can it be. Is. Just, I'll have yeah. a coke then, because that's all he wants. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me another, and he goes, Hoo! and that's the end of the scene. So everybody's out, and so it's yeah, yeah. I just have a coke. So that's all he needs. <laughs> Tell me one more. What? What? <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I hate that he makes a point. Say this! And they, like they, both Yakaveta and Ron Jeremy correct him to make sure he says the fucking N word. It's, it's stupid. But so, end of that scene. Uh, the sort of unnecessary. They're assholes already. And yeah, like, I guess they, this is how you make somebody really hate the character. I yeah. guess. Make them say but, the N word. It's not like they were either of them were likable in any way before this, but levels of hatred. And they don't need to do it so many times, you know. Talk to your boy Quentin. He loves throwing that fucking Quentin, word in his Quentin fucking movies. Tarantino does love throwing his n words around. Jesus, so much. It's like 
I don't oh my do God, it. For, and, uh, I don't do. I do it for the art. You know, Django, I just that's me. I'm quitting. That's me. Django has it everywhere. I wrote it's Django. Bad. I wrote every N word in there. Nothing was improvised. Probably. I said not. throw another one in there. They throw did it. Hey Samuel Jackson, back me up. You goddamn right, motherfucker. My, my black man says it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel that's because Samuel Jackson. I guess he wasn't in Reservoir Dogs because that was like Tarantino's starting movie. But, but every everyone, Pulp Fiction was the second one. From then on, Sam's been in everything. Except he's the only reason one, why I let him say the end. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I don't believe. I don't think Samuel Jackson's in that at all. Anyway. No. Interesting. Anyways. So the brothers go to uh, this random dude, right? This guy who really doesn't say anything. He doesn't get a name, but he has the little flat cap and the mutton chops. Like, you want to make sure you know that this guy's Irish, okay? <laughs> Even though he's not talking, let's make sure everybody knows this dude is Irish. Let's just stereotype the fuck out of this guy. And they throw the Russian, like they dump the bag out, right? And there's a good, good-sized wad of cash, wad, two yeah. guns, a pager, a watch, it's, a, it's some stuff, but he Various just valuables. opens up the store and is like, take whatever you want. Now, no. No. Because that's what maybe $1,000 in cash. Mm. I mean, maybe he got them super cheap. And then the two guns and the watch, but like, okay. there's like the fucking minigun and yeah. I mean, a whole armory this guy has, All like whatever rope. you want. There is no way that this Peasley fucking amount of shit that they dumped out of that bag is worthy enough to take whatever you want. Well, they, they give him that and it's it's very much like... You see, we're on a mission from God. Oh, that's right. I forgot they did explain that to him. And they had to explain yeah. that. And they're like, well, he's, on, right. he's well, on board. <laughs> well, of course, I got to take an IOU. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. That's right. We did just do that magical dance number. <laughs> and I uh, got to have an IOU. Um, so they go through and, you know, we got, we got the big fucking gun that he's looking through and they're doing, uh, oh, you need rope. Oh, you Maybe want a fucking rope. Maybe it works like a salad bar. You pay by the pound. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That you took out. That was just their collateral. Yeah. You got to have down that, payment, at least that much to walk in. Yeah. So, yeah, they got, we get the whole argument about the fucking rope. Who wants a rope? Why you need a rope? I the rope. Everybody has a rope. Bronson had a rope. Everybody has a rope. Rope. Just so fucking tired of hearing them say rope over and over. He's like, this isn't a fucking action movie with your fucking rope. And he pulls out the knife and goes, oh, is that right, Rambo? I'm just going to have that <laughs> play when, <laughs> when you start doing so that So we get a little Rambo gag in there. All right. So then we're at the hotel, right? And they get in the elevator and they're like getting ready for the shit to go down at the hotel. But just because it's Boondock Saints, we cut to Defoe. 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 Uh, he gets a, he gets this phone call and he's in bed and we see that there's a guy laying in bed next to him and he's on the phone and the guy keeps like trying to wrap his arms around him and he finally slaps him in the face or hits him on the forehead or something he like that. Like just, just in the head. Yeah, just a just a hit to the head. It's a little smack. And then finally smack. hangs up and he's like, "What? What, what the fuck you, are you doing?" I just wanted to cuddle. I just wanted to cuddle. So he he drops the f bomb there. Not what a fag. Yeah, there we go. Not say not fuck. I have no problem but it saying t- fuck. It, it should talk about his character a little bit in a sense because he's obviously homosexual because yeah. he's sleeping with this guy. But he doesn't he doesn't want the the affection part of it, and that's what makes somebody actually gay. Yeah, what well, he's so doing he's like is a super self, manly. He's a self hating homosexual or still closeted or whatever. But also, I mean, yeah, yeah, this shame. is Troy Duffy being like, I can make fun of gay people because look, the character's gay, so it's okay. Yeah. 
That's what that's what I think it is. Well, Troy Duffy had to, to find a way to make fun of gay people in this movie. And, well, and that was his way to. He do gets it. a lot of help at the end, so mm-hmm. because of that, and I don't know yeah. if a regular if they didn't play off some sort of gayness now, it would uh, the ending it wouldn't, wouldn't work play as well. very well. So they had to yeah. throw this in, and so, especially the way that all go. goes down because he has some issues with that thing at the end, and I think like him having issues with this sets up that he's not uh, he's not comfortable with this side of himself. What a fag. Yeah. yeah so. He does that. Now, again, we're at the aftermath, right? We're at the hotel room. There's bodies everywhere. Greenlee. The bodies hit the floor. The bodies have all hit the floor. And so, <laughs> and so uh, Greenlee's the fuck up again, has to go get more coffee. Um, so then he's asking this other guy. He's like, wait, so what's, what's the deal here? Well, they were really going for this guy. And uh, he says the fag man. The what? The fat man. He's, yeah. Oh, I guess Freud was right. Yeah. Got a nice Freudian slip joke there. Um, and then what's the guy say? What's the, what's the symbology here? He goes, you mean symbolism is the word you're looking for. Symbol. Symbolism. Detective Alapopskalius. You're the first one who's ever got that right. And he goes, well, it's because I'm an expert in nameology. <laughs> He's such an asshole. Uh, so, yeah, he has the whole thing about the main guy the way the bullets enter and exit his face tells us three important things. What? Uh, two shooters. Yeah, great. They had him on his knees. Yeah, great. Uh, and then I remember what the third one was. I don't remember either. I didn't take notes. Because uh, it was, I mean, he was obviously the goal, I guess. Everybody else was done quick. They took their time with him. Anyway, so now we get back to the action scene, right? So they climb out the top of the elevator and they pull a diehard and climb, climb through the air shafts. And they're crawling, and they keep getting lost and trying to turn around, and they're wrestling with each other and start punching each Brothers other. start fighting. And they just start fighting randomly and fall through conveniently into the middle of the hotel room. With the rope tangled And the rope tangles the them up and happens to catch. So they're hanging from the rope and just spinning. The momentum of the fall has them spinning as they both just pull out two guns each and just blast, 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 and take everybody out. Right? So they got the fat. Very believable. Very plausible. Yeah, they got the fat man down and they say their prayer. For thee, my lord, for thee. They do the whole thing. And shepherds we shall be for, for thee, thee, my lord, lord for, for thee. thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand that our feet may swiftly carry out thy command. We shall flow. We say, we live at the shepherds we shall be for thee, my lord, for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand. Our feet may swiftly carry out thy command. So we shall flow a river forth to thee and teeming with souls shall it ever be. And blammo. Uh, so while they're celebrating, like, we are fucking good. Yes, we are. That was on, on TV. There's always a one guy that goes behind the couch. Yeah, you got to fucking shoot at him for 10 fucking minutes. You know, and they have this whole banter about how good they are and how smooth I went. And then there's a case on the bar. Now, what do you think is in that fucking case up there? And they tackle each other trying to get to it because they're just goofy brothers. <laughs> just silly guys. And then there's a couple a no- of them. Yeah, just a couple of silly old gooses. They're just thieves, these little guys. Uh, Come on. So there's a knock at the door and they look out and it's Rocco. And they're like, oh, fuck. Gotta fuck we, with obviously, this guy. we got to fuck with them. They, send him, they sent yeah. Rocco in to do what they just did, obviously. So we got to fuck with them. So they open the door and they yank him in and throw him on the floor and point the guns. And then, like, he's like, oh, my God, no, 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 fuck, we're on, I'm on your side, we're on the same side, we're on the same side. And then they find out he has a six-shooter. 
Yeah. There and they looked, looked at him and goes, there are nine fucking bodies, genius. What were you going to do? Laugh the last three to death. <laughs> um, and then he stands up and says the opening line. What the fucking what the fuck, fucking, fuck, fucking, fuck, fucking, fuck, you fucking, who the fucking fuck, the what fuck the, well, that certainly shows the diversity of the word. Fucking what the fucking fuck, who the fuck, fuck this fucking, how did you do fucking fucks, fuck? Well, it certainly illustrates the diversity of the word. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. 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 Um, certainly. All right, so that's the end of that, right? That's the end of that scene. So now Defoe's talking about those other guys were Russians. Uh, these guys are Italian. No, these guys can't be Italian. These guys are also Russian. Whatever. They were all Russian. They were all Russian. Yeah. Uh, because what? Russians opened... No, no, no. It- those were like the bosses. They were like yeah. getting together to and do... And he has a thing about like Russian has opened itself up to mob activity, but the Italians don't think they're trustworthy yet, but yet the Russians are still over here. So he thinks what we have on our hands is the first international mob war is what's going on. Mob war. Right here. Get me a mob they, war. So yeah, mob war. Unless I totally missed something. <laughs> uh, so now we're back at Rocco's apartment, and he's all about this plan, man. He's all pissed off. Well, he's not wrong, right? Because uh, if he sent Rocco to go in and do that, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to die. He knows that there were going to be this many people. The boss. Oh yeah, who they, sent they, him. they they sent Rocco in, and if he takes out a few, he takes out a few. But they also want to get rid of Rocco because he's yeah. Been- well, at the same time, he gets to take out Rocco because that yeah, guy's they, fucking annoying. They get rid. They get rid of Rocco guilt free. But he would have started a war because there would been a couple Absolutely, of people that didn't yeah. die. From I mean, that it was talking shit. Well, we know that Rocco guys got at least a few of them. But even if he wouldn't have, even if he was a complete fuck up, and they just killed him right away, that's still the Italians sending someone in. And then they get to say, hey, you Russians killed one of ours or whatever. And yeah, it totally would start start the turf war because they don't want the Russians coming in. They've, this is their turf, right? Goddamn right. So Rocco's all pissed off. They just get all wasted. I love that he's like, they can suck my pathetic little dick. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's great. And so... Because that's what? I mean, if you're going to... If, if you're a guy that has to suck another dick... I mean, you could suck a big one, that's fine, but nothing's more pathetic than a pathetic little dick. Well, I mean, suck. if you got to do it, you'd rather it be small, right? Yeah, but not pathetic. And just, that's that's better on that guy. Small. I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, it's worth overdoing, you <laughs> that's know? That's right. Like, come on, man. I'm fucking humbling myself enough to do this, and this is what fucking you're giving me to work with? <laughs> this me is what, all you've got? Jesus Christ, man. If it came man. down to it, I got to show you what I got. Yeah. Show Good. me what you got. <laughs> It looks like you just got a pimple down here. What is this? What is that? Next. <laughs> Give me another one of those. Uh, so anyway, we get the great scene here where he's like, he says some something about, I don't know, some big line and slams his hands down on the table and it causes a gun to go off and hits the cat and he just gets a splatter of blood against the wall. And they're like, did that just fucking happen? Did that just fucking happen? <laughs> no, no. Well, that's the, Yeah, that's in a bit though. Um, it's in a bit. That's in a bit. So now it's like the next morning, Rocco's leaving. Connor follows him out, right? And they're like at the entryway of his little apartment building. And he's trying to talk to him. He's like, dude, they knew what was going on. They sent you in there with a six shooter. Like they sent you right. in there to fucking die. He's like, no, they would never do that. No, they would never. It's like, no, you're fucking idiot. Well, he doesn't say idiot because here we get, here's where we get the, the, 
slurs for Italians and Irish because they're calling each other all sorts of fucking horrible shit as they're arguing with each other. Um, so he's trying to talk sense and Toom's like, fine, then go off and, you know, get fucking killed. Don't say I didn't warn you, you fucking idiot. So they're back upstairs in his apartment and the phone rings and he's like, hey guys, everything's cool. I'll catch you on the flip side. And they hang up like, that was, that was kind of fucking weird, wasn't it? Uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, there it is. So the girlfriend and a friend of hers come home and they're just stoned as shit and like sit on the couch and they're laughing and being weird. She's like, where's my cat? (laughs) And the guys are sitting in the kitchen and they don't even notice that the brothers are sitting in there really because they're all so fucked up. And all of a sudden Rocco comes bursting in. He's like, pack your shit, pack your shit. We got to go. And he's grabbing random things. He grabs like the iron and like a plate (laughs) for no reason. Just whatever he happens to get his hands on. I think like a record. Or something. That's like, a record. Not even. It's just the most random fucking things because he's obviously horribly distraught and freaking out, right? And this is where that clip comes in where they're like, Rocco! He's like, what? Where's my cat? I fucking shot it. Rocco! <laughs> what? Where's my cat? I killed your cat, you druggy bitch. Oh, why? Why? I felt it would bring closure to our relationship. <laughs> felt it would bring... What was his name, bitch? <laughs> it's like, was I'll shoot myself in the fucking head if you can tell me what color the cat was. And then the friend says something, and he goes, shut up! Uh, God damn it, I... Shut up, Doreen, or whatever. I can't buy a pack of cigarettes without running into nine guys you fucked. Um, so that's that scene. And then we get to cut back like we do. Cause it's boondock saints to his side of the catch you on the flip side call where he's at the phone booth. No, everything's cool. I'll catch you on the flip side. And he walks into this deli and there's these two guys sitting there talking and they're like, Oh, holy shit. Uh, and they're laughing. Cause it was a total setup. And they're laughing about it. And they're like, oh, at least we got our funny man back. We're going to be made men. Ha, <laughs> this fucking idiot. And he's like, oh, shit. It really was supposed to be they're killing me. Ah, so he just pulls his gun out and fucking blasts him. Fucking kills him. Well, they even say that uh, the deli owner, the bartender guy, was in on it. Even he knew about it. Right. So after he, him too. after he shoots them, he goes over to the bartender and he's like, oh, was that funny? Funny! Funny! And unloads and he's clicking and he just keeps click, 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 click. Funny! 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 Blasting the bartender away. Um, all right. So then we're what they drive by the sin bin, the strip club. And he's like, oh my God, <laughs> dude, there's this motherfucker. He comes in here every, what, every Tuesday night? And, uh, we got to get him, you know, like, what do you, what do, what do you guys do? How do you pick your victims? And like, oh, they kind of just fell into our lap. We don't know. He's like, well, I know these guys. I know every one of them. I know what they do. I know their habits. I know where they live. I know everything. Like, I'm your fucking intel. So they're like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess we're coming back here. So they come back and they're coming in the back door. Giggity. And uh, Rocco wants a mask like they have. And he made his own. And it's all like fucking cut all awkwardly. And they say it looks like Mushmouth from uh, Fat Albert. <laughs> Like Mushmouth from Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> and so, are you sure that you're OBKB? Because Mushmouth, if you ever watch Fat Albert, Mushmouth is like, how are you badoobing? He always had this double talk. Where, so, nice little Fat Albert joke there. OBKB. 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 So, uh, open the door and they rush inside. And of course, we cut to the investigation, right? 
Um, but it, this one isn't like full one, full the other. It kind of cuts back and forth. Like they're investigating, but then we see uh, Ron Jeremy's slide open up and they blow him away and then shit like that. So it's kind of both. Uh, a, a, the dancer that was supposed to be in there passes out and Rocco reaches over and grabs her tit while she's unconscious. And, Rocco! And they yell at him. It's like, ah, oh, what you doing? Yeah. And then these two dollars come flopping in. And they're like, what's going on here? Uh-oh. Oh, we got some more scumbags. He's like, guys, you got to let me do this. I got to make up for that tit thing. I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> so they open the slides and uh, he, you know, he does things. So the news is reporting. Everything's been, it's just been on criminals. That's why there's no public outcry about all these murders. So now Defoe, De, Defoe, Defoe is all pissed off because he can't figure out why did they? Oh, just hold de- up a second! Oh. I'm reading the script as as you're as we're trying to go along here, and I'm missing some things. Rocco, uh, Rocco watches intently, intrigued. They finish and turn around to see Rocco is immersed in grabbing one of the unconscious dancers' breasts. They pull up their masks. Connor says, "What the fuck you're doing?" Rocco says. I was gonna pay her. I'll tip her. Yeah, I'll tip her. <laughs> he does actually. I'll tip her. <laughs> um so <laughs> that's fucked up dude so yeah they're 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 talking about uh why why do we have the guy in this booth was shot with bullets from a guy in this booth was shot with bullets from gun b yet there are two bullets from b in this side and two bullets from a in this side why the crossover what the fuck's going on and one of the other cops are like man I don't know. After that scene at the deli this morning, I just can't fucking think anymore. What? And he's like, wait, what? What? Why didn't you tell about this deli situation? <laughs> and they're like, they're not, they're not fucking connected at all. It's just some Italian mob guys. Like, are you fucking stupid? You don't think this is connected? And he has one of his little meltdowns, but right before he leaves, he comes back and <gasps> this arm this way. This arm this way. No fucking <gasps> shit. Like, obviously, there was, right. it was one guy that crossed his arms over. Great. You cracked the case. Or, that was pretty obvious from ballistics saying, there are bullets from both guns at both sides. Obviously, they did a crossover maneuver. Way to go, Defoe, you fucking genius. <laughs> anyway, so then he's... I cracked it. I'm Defoe. Or something yeah, of the man. bullets from both sides. Yeah, so... So maybe my Jesse Ventura is terrible, but your William Defoe is terrible. My we got Defoe. we each got our we each got our own roles here. <laughs> so then yeah, they're at the deli and he can't figure out what they did the bartender. Why would they do the bartender? He doesn't know anything. And then he's like full on melting down because uh, that's what his character. Fuck, fuck, and he's like knocking bottles over and screaming and thrashing about. I'm gonna fucking leave. You call me when the next one's dead because these two guys are not fucking done yet. Blah, 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 blah. Um. So <laughs> now we get Yakaveta goes and talks to Augustus in the men's room. Just an old, old, old men's room attendant throwing down urinal cakes and stuff. Old retired gangster. He's like, we need to get Il Duce. He was blind, wasn't he? No. Yeah, I thought he, he had blind. a stick. Yeah, he was he blind. Was he? Yep. Oh, because when uh, Defoe talks to him later, it doesn't seem like he is. Maybe it's just an inconsistency. Couldn't imagine that in a Troy Duffy movie, but so they need Il Duce. He's like, "Well, you got to be sure." Like, dude's been in prison for thirty-five years or whatever. I'm not even sure he's up for it. I don't know, but we get to see Billy Connolly as the actor as they fucking like have him on a dolly, essentially all chained up, and they roll him down, and this giant cage comes down around him for his parole hearing. <laughs> uh, but he gets paroled. 
Somehow the mob has that much pull. Everybody should get a second chance. I guess so. <laughs> 35 years. Uh, also, he does say uh, he has one rule. No women or children. Very important rule. Um, after that, it's like... sexist, if you ask me. After that, or, or beyond that, like, once you hire him, he will not stop. Like, you, you, you don't get rid of this guy, and that's the problem. Send it. That's kind of a an irrational. I mean, yeah, you got to really actually know you're gonna want this guy because he's gonna get the job done. He's gonna fucking keep killing. There's no there's no stopping him until everybody's dead. Essentially. But what if he goes to jail? El Duce. Yeah, El Duce. I mean, what he is he a gets, jail. What if he gets in trouble for trying to well, do then... your job? And then he, uh, you know, everything happens. Thirty five years later. Does he not have a job that he's got to finish first before he gets on? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's got to go back and finish up that one. He's like, hey, I'll take this job, but uh, just I, a heads up, I'm I'm, I'm like 30 years late on this yeah, previous I still gotta job. Yeah, go, I still got to go take this That guy being out. said, 35 years later, that he goes and kills that person, and by then they probably made up, probably remarried. <laughs> uh, you probably remarried your wife after divorcing her? Yeah. You don't know. Well, they made up 15 years into it, but he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. I hired this guy. Right. He's like the best. And will not stop until it's done. But he's locked up for now. Locked up for good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, it'll be fine. But just if he ever gets out, like I doubt that'll ever come back to bite us or anything. Just, just full (laughs) disclosure. So he gets out of prison. So next, uh, the next mark they want to go for is this dude. He's like the creepiest. Rocco says the creepiest fucking guy he ever dealt with. Picked him up, took him to this house, and he went in there and he took everyone out. Fucking. Wife, kids, everyone. He cut up the carpet to wrap the bodies in, and he was doing it like he was ordering a pizza, like he was so calm. Uh, I know he has a poker game every week, so we got to get this fucking guy. And so, of course, we cut to the investigation of this. There's blood fucking splattered all over the front of this house and cop tape everywhere. Uh, And so on this one, instead of cutting back and forth, as he's explaining his idea, we get to watch the Saints doing it. And he's like right next to him, sort of, you know, like uh, his flashback is overlapping the action of it. And he's pretty spot on with his enactment as they come up, right? And they go back and they use the wife to open the garage door. Uh, And then it was what the... She doesn't remember anything. She just passed out, but there's a burn mark on her leg. So obviously they tased her. Um, and so when they opened the door, it was, uh, just a bloodbath. Fucking, they shoot everybody, say the element of surprise. They were expecting this one guy that was showing up for the game, right? But instead it was these three guys with guns and then out. And then there was a dude that hit under the pool table. And so even they get down on, they had to get down on their knees. The trajectory tells us that. And so, uh, he gets down on their knees with the actors as they get down to shoot underneath the pool table. Right. Now, the thing is, then they're like, oh, he's not fucking here. Well, look again. No, I know what he fucking looks like, man. What the fuck? He's not fucking here. Well, the dude was taking a shit at Dropping the time. a deuce. He was deucing, and that deuce saved Deuced him from them. the massacre. So he, like, knocked a towel rack off the wall and slowly opened the door. But Rocco happened to be right there and turned around and shot him. Got him, like, in the lower abdomen, right? Or a little, like, clipped him in the side. But he still fucking hit Rocco and came out and jumped on him. And Murphy goes to help him out, and Connor holds him back. He's like, no, this is Rocco's fight. You got to let him go. And they're fighting each other. Dude's- That's right. When he hits him with a cue ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Murphy does end up helping and rolls a cue ball over because the dude has yeah. Rocco on the ground. Well, choking he gave him. him a way out with the cue ball. It didn't yeah. full on like rescue didn't full him. On but help he's like, him. Here, here's what you need. Here's a little tool. So he fucking like cue balls the dude's head and knocks him over and then just bashes his fucking brains in. Yeah, with the cue ball. And so, yeah, that's they they exit out the front door. They had no idea what they were in for. He mm. goes. And and he says, there were six men waiting with guns, but it was really just Il Duce who had six guns. And th- this is a scene- and a big-ass cigar. And a huge cigar. Now this, Billy Connolly's never played this type of role before. He's never been a bad guy or a tough guy. Yeah. And he had so, so much fun- He was so excited. Playing this type of role that he couldn't stop grinning. And they gave him the cigar- so he's chomping on that. So it wasn't so obvious. He was just like fucking shitty and grin yeah. ear to ear from having so much fun shooting this role. Um, so they get the shootout with Il Duce and they clip him once like a shoulder shot. They, they, they like wing that. him, but he gets what he gets Rocco knocks off a finger. He gets Connor in the leg and gets Murphy. So I'm like, everybody gets shot at least once, but everybody runs out of bullets. I mean, that's so that's nine guns. Yeah. At least. Fucking unloading like crazy in a suburban neighborhood. Like, all the neighbors' houses. Like, everybody's just getting shot to shit. There's got to be so much extra collateral damage from the shootout. And they each got, like, grazed once. Like, <laughs> these guys have been great fucking shot. They were hanging upside down from a rope in a hotel room spinning and took all these guys out and just fucking killed them all. But they couldn't, the three of them couldn't hit one dude standing there. Seems like they went to the uh, stormtrooper they did. firing school. Yeah, somehow in the midst of it, because they were great at first. Yeah. And then lost their shit all of a sudden before this one. So once he, Il Duce runs out of bullets and runs off. They uh, spray a bunch of bleach on their blood that's all over the front of the house and everything. And they I think take it off. Was, was it bleach? Or oh, it was what? ammonia, 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 ammonia. Which I had no, I didn't know that was a thing. Like so, killers out there, uh, take it from us here at uh, at uh, the rewatch party <laughs> that uh, if you want to hide your blood or any blood, use yeah, ammonia. Well, they can't, they can't get a good. I would imagine bleach would probably do the same thing. Though. I would imagine. I did over here. I um, did a little half harp, half uh, Guinness. Yeah, you did a black and tan. A little black and tan. A little action. black tan. Since we got. Oh it. yeah, that's right. Since this movie's all about Irish, we've got uh, we got a bit of Jameson, we've got some harp lager, and we've got some Guinness here. That's right. Yes. Let's take a little break to uh, take a drink, everyone. If you've got it. Right. Ah, you could cha-cha. be listening right now. It could be St. Patty's Day wherever you are. Here's to. But here at stay a in the rewatch party. We're here to drink and talk about movies. Yes. Like the Boondock Saints. Uh, yes. That's they called us saints for some reason, but we're not really saints. We're just on a, a dang old mission from God. You see, we're on a mission. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Is my Irish not too bad? It's not too hey, bad, uh, huh? Do better than mine. Do it's better not bad, than mine. Huh? It's not bad. So now Defoe's... It's not bad. Defoe's it's super pissed bad. off because... <laughs> Because the he's like, what's taking so long with the blood samples? And the lady's like, I can't get a good read on it. And he goes over and he like wipes his fingers on it. Smell this. They used to bone you. And then he has a full on meltdown. Fuck, fuck. And he like flips out. He's slapping the bushes and falling around. His shirt's untucked. His hair's going all crazy. And he's who the fuck are 
away. Who the fuck are these guys? Fucking fuck, fuck. And he collapses the ground. That's when he finds Rocco's finger. And he like slowly picks it up, puts it in his pocket, stands up, smooths his hair out, and like walks off. I thought it was funny. This is going back way to the, uh, I think, the alley scene. He had the little uh, container for the gloves on his on his belt. Yeah, he has <laughs> like a. I thought that was pretty sweet because I was like, oh, I can build. I, can I thought about that because yeah. I would I would totally have something for just any like a little belt clip that I would always use. Latex gloves. Put in my it, yeah. I just yeah I put a couple black uh, gloves in there, rubber gloves. Yeah, you never know when yeah. you're gonna need them. They so, had no idea what they were in for. Oh, yeah, this is him talking about El Duce. Well, the six men, though. Yeah, so Defa. So, Defa. Are, are we to that part where he's... Uh, hey, we're past that. that. That scene's done. He's already had the meltdown and found the finger. Right, so he thinks that it's six people. He still thinks yeah. it's six people, yeah. So uh, now we're at the, they're back at, they're at some random apartment. They're not at it, either, either theirs or Rocco's apartment. I don't know where they are. They're in a random apartment, and they're using the iron that Rocco conveniently grabbed during his meltdown <laughs> to cauterize their own wounds. And they're each holding each other while they hold the hot iron down to each other's, like, the, Rocco's heckin' hand and all that cauterizing wounds. It's pretty brutal. And uh, Defoe's back at his house, I guess. He has a fingerprint scanner at yeah. his house or something. Yeah, because it's a standard his, issue. Yeah, yeah. He just getting that... <laughs> Welcome to the job. Uh, here's your fingerprint scanner. Um, but he does that. And you Rocco- have to pay for the ink, though. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst part. Um, so, but it it comes up with Rocco's name, and he's like, oh, fuck. And he has the mental flashback of Rocco showing up with the clothes when the guys are at jail at the beginning of the movie. He's like, son of a bitch. Can't be him. He's too fucking stupid. But he knows that he's with the boys. And I don't know why he didn't think about this before, because the boys took out those Russian mobsters, so then the hotel room was Russian mobsters, so why didn't he think, maybe it's those same guys that took out the Russian mobsters? These guys are good guys, you know? Yeah. They're like, just great guys. You wouldn't, you would thought he would have put, would, that would have occurred to him at some point, but But he was so intrigued that. by the, how pretty they were, because he's, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the fag man. Freud was right. Um, <laughs> so... This was their target, the fag man. The what? The, the fat what man. man. Yeah. The fat man. Well, wow. Freud was right. There we go. Freud. So you think Freud right. was right. So the, the boys man. go to church, right? And even Rock was like, this fucking Sunday morning church shit's gotta go. And they're like, no, this is what we do. We're on a mission from God. We gotta go to church, right? So... You see, we're on a mission from God. Right. I'm not quick enough. You don't give me enough time. <laughs> I'm not Fred Norris so, over here. So they're going at, They're going into church, and Defoe's been at a bar just drink. Oh, that's right, because he's getting drunk, and the bartender tries to cut him off. He's like, just shut the fuck up and pour the drink. Leave the bottle. Or something. Yeah, yeah he's at a gay bar. Fan. Yeah. And so he, he stumbles out and goes into <laughs> church, right. stumbles into the church, just fucking wasted. Right, so the boys are like kneeling down praying. He goes right by him, doesn't see him, and goes into the confessional booth. And it's kind of like drunk, passing out. And the priest is going in, but Rocco grabs the priest and shoves, gets in with him, gun to the priest's head. Connor sees that and goes into the confessional on the other side behind Rocco, reaches through the screen, pulls his head back, and so he's got a gun to Rocco, who has a gun to the priest. He's like, "Don't fuck this up." So uh, Defoe starts talking about. Uh, well, these two guys are great, and I, I believe what they're doing is right. See, what I do, I have so many loopholes, and these guys end up walking, but what they're like, you know, I want to be able to do what they're doing, but I have to follow the law, and they don't, and I think this is what we need. Like, he 
he thinks that vigilante justice is the way to go about this, but is that wrong? And so the priest is like, the laws of God supersede the laws of man. And uh, obviously you're in here right now, so that means God was talking to you and you need to listen to God. And, you know, he's like doing his best to try to justify this so that he doesn't get shot by Rocco. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. I just, I just needed to hear you say it. And he's like, you think these, you think that these guys are doing right? They're good guys, right? Well, yeah, except for, well, except for the Italian one. He's kind of a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, he's like, okay, thanks. And he tries to do the sign of the cross and doesn't, he's just like, hey, yeah, well, whatever. Whatever. And, and he leaves. He's like, just get out of the church. Just get out of the church. And so, yeah, they... They let the priest go, and uh, Murphy's like, what the fuck was that all about? And Rocco's like, the Lord works in mysterious ways, my friend. Ha ha ha. It's true, though. I guess he does. Try to prove that wrong. (laughs) Unequivocal. Unequivocal. All right, so... Again, Defoe, like this, Defoe makes this fucking movie. Defoe (laughs) makes this goddamn movie. So they end up on the phone with with Defoe. Thank you. And uh, he's like, wait, so it really was one guy with six guns? No fucking way. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, And he's still out there and he's a fucking madman. So be careful about that. And uh, blah, blah, blah. They give him a bunch of information too. So he ends up going to Augustus talk about Il Duce, right? And uh, Augustus is like, well, every gun in the city up there. Well, where's up there? His house. You know, he's got a big party going on and everybody's up there because Il Duce is on the loose and he's a fucking madman. And he's like, oh, shit. So then we cut to the mobsters at Il, uh, Il Duce, at Yacoveta's house, right? And they're like, we got him. They were sneaking in through the basement. And he's all excited. And they go down, they got the, the three guys fucking handcuffed to chairs in their little cell in the basement, right? So they they shoot Rocco in the hand and uh, walk outside and have a quick powwow. And, and then Yacoveta's little goons are like, well, I mean, the other two guys are obviously the brains here. Rocco's a piece of shit. We know that Rocco's a don't piece of shit. Don't need Rocco. We don't even need He's like, what the fuck? He's probably... He was on a mission from God and now <laughs> was to die. Well, they were just like, yeah, Rocco's a piece. Like, he's probably giving them information, but they're the ones doing the shit, right? Yeah. So he goes, okay. And he just walks in and blammo, fucking blows Rocco away and then just leaves. <laughs> like, ah. Uh, so they're laid on the ground going, oh, no. Rocco. Rocco. No. Yeah, like the most guttural All of our Jew. You fucking and um, so uh, then he, they go out there and like, hey, we got to talk about El Duce. Fucking yeah, fuck. He's still he's still out there. He's fucking out there. Oh no, these are the Italians. Sorry, not the. Not hey, the, these uh, are out there. Hey, hey. yeah, hey, whatever El Duce, you know. Hey, come out there and you'll fucking find them. Yeah, El he's Duce. Fine. He's probably in the fucking bushes right now. Fucking more like El Douche. You know Yo, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo. You know, oh, fucking guy, fucking probably eating some gabagool right now. Get you some know? mozzarella. <laughs> I saw it in the Sopranos. He fucking loves that fucking, <laughs> b- fucking uh, ricotta. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, okay, uh, Yakovetta's like, well, I'm getting the fuck out of here then. Yeah. You guys stay here and deal with the situation. Wait for the Duke to show up, take him out, deal with the two fucks downstairs. I'm getting out so I cannot be tied to any of this shit. Aye. And he leaves. Uh, also, there are four guys there. August, Augustus had said he's got every gun in the city up when there. Is, uh, when does that guy fall into the river of chocolate? 
Augustus. <laughs> is that the wrong movie? Yeah, wrong movie. Oh, wrong sorry. movie. That happens in the W's. My oh friend. yes, that's right. Uh, this oh, this is him grown up. See, he fell into the river of chocolate, and the <laughs> Oompa Loompas cleaned him up, and now Augustus is here. Uh, working oh, in that I bathroom. I always wondered what yeah, happened to that like kid. His, he he lost up, a lot of he weight. He grew up and threw around a bunch of urinal cakes. Did we change with, movies? Uh, we're talking about Augustus. Oh, all yeah. Right. He was the kid from Willy Wonka, right? He got blind somehow <laughs> from eating too much chocolate. He, he had the chocolate blindness. Diabetes oh, took his leg. And he, can't see that. and he ends up throwing around urinal cakes and talking about Il Duce all the time. Okay. No, so anyway, Yacoveta leaves. <laughs> but here's what I don't understand. Augustus had said he's got every gun in the city up at his house, but there are four guys there. He has four inept fucking idiotic goons. So where, where where's every gun in the city? You're telling me that the Italian fucking mob in Boston has four guys? Uh no, so yes. a little bit of a, a little bit of bullshit there. You think, is what he's, I think. You think he's you think he's lying? Uh, I think that Troy Duffy wanted a cool sounding line for Augustus to say, but didn't really plan it out in the script. Is what I'm thinking. Yes. Well, you know, so it's kind of hard when you've fallen in uh, chocolate and you kind of get to recover your career somehow. Yeah, You're I, known as that kid fell into the oh chocolate that fucking river. kid would fell in the chocolate. Yeah. Every time he comes on set, they're probably like, man, I have a cr- sudden craving for Hershey's. Anybody else? It's like, ah, oh, fuck you guys. He shit his pants once. They called him oh, Hershey no, squirts. Hershey and he's, all like, he's like, you son of a bitch. Another uh, one? Not you too. Uh, so, so anyway, the boys, uh, boys are there and like they, he, uh, what Connor kicks Murphy's hand and breaks the fuck out of it. So we can pull it out of the handcuffs which is pretty disgusting. Yeah. And so they finally get free and one of the goons comes in and they he like bum rushes him and it is pretty cool like when he bum rushes him he like comes in forearm first and his hand is like grossly flapping around. So like they kept the continuity. It it, it, it was, yeah, none of that. It was it was legit. His hand looked mangled as fucked and he was he was going forearm first instead of hand like pushing the guy. Um so they're doing that, and Defoe comes up to the front door. Oh. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, he's dressed as a woman, <laughs> the prettiest woman you've the ever prettiest seen. Prettiest woman, and what the fucking guy answers is like, "We got a situation." He's like, "Well, I mean, I could leave, I guess, but I was sent up here." And what he's like, "Oh, Johnny's always sending us primo box, <laughs> <laughs> fucking primo box." Thank God the door guy was so horny because they go in the bathroom and. And Defoe's laying on the floor. He's like, come to mama. Come to mama. And the guy's like, starts undoing his bills. Like, oh, you want to go with the champ? You want to go with the champ? And he's like about to get down. And Defoe fucking like kicks him in the nuts and then blows him away. Another nut troll, yeah. And then shoots him. He's like, oh my God, too close. That was too close. That was, oh, he's like readjusting his wig and looking at himself in the mirror, like evaluating his life. Like what? What the fuck did I just do? Would you fuck me? Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he dresses back up, which is lucky because as we learned earlier, Il Duce does not kill women. So when he's out there, a guy comes up, he's like, oh, hey, you ready for L2? Blam! Shoots that guy. So there's two more guys out. And then he looks over and he sees another guy's laying in a chair with his throat cut. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he gets knocked out because Il Duce comes up behind him, thinks he's a woman and just knocks him out instead of killing him. So lucky for Defoe. He's dressed as a woman. So now we're back down in the cell. The boys, or he walks in. El Duce comes walking in. And he overhears them giving Rocco the prayer. Yes. And as they're saying it, he says the last few lines, 
And they look over at him and it's like, what? He knows the prayer? Because Rocco had wanted to learn that. He's like, you got to teach me that prayer shit, guys. That's no, cool no, no. Shit. This is from like, my family. No, it's, no, it's a family prayer, Rock. You can't have it. Yeah, and this raised the question uh, in me is that, I mean, they said that that was a family prayer. So homeboy saying the prayer with them, is he somehow, is he like their father? Yes, their, he is yeah. their father. Deadbeat okay. father. Oh, deadbeat well, father. deadbeat because he's been in jail for 35 years. Yeah. But jail yeah, is father. So deadbeat. now we cut to three months later, Nyakavet is going on trial, right? Greenlee and help the guys sneak weapons around the metal detectors and into the courthouse, right? And they're like these reporters talking like, look how cool he is. He's acting so cool. He's going to walk. He's totally going to fucking walk. He's going to fucking walk. He's going to fucking walk. Watch. Just watch. But they come in and they give this whole speech about there's good and there's evil and you better not do any evil because if you do, you will look one day and you will see us and you will all bear witness to what happens here today and tell them later. Hungry. It's a corruptly clan. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not rape. Do not kill. Do not rape. These are not polite suggestions. These are not polite suggestions. God, it's so bad. Lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over into true corruption, into our domain. But if you do, one day you will look behind you and you will see we three. And on that day, you we will three. rape it. You will rape it. You rape. Did you say rape us? Reap, 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 reap what you sow. All right. Anyway, they do the thing, and they get they, so now there's a three-way blow away of Yakavetta's head. They just fucking disintegrate like three guns pointed at the back of a head. Disintegration. There's right? not going to be mean, much left. It's neckline, basically. I would assume that's just demolished. Isn't a neckline that they're playing at ACL? Neckline. I, maybe. Might or that was a. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the name of Yakavetta's album. Wasn't Yakavetta the band that was playing earlier? I don't remember. Anyway. Yakavetta, yeah. Dude, they're playing Dirty Dog Lounge. Right. <laughs> that's a heavy metal bar, I think. I'll go with that. Sure. sure. I don't know better. I don't know. Um, Yakavetta would be that. like a that sounds like a metal name, right? I could give a hand that. Or Polka Band. Boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> metal polka. <The> metal <laughs> polka band. Ugh. Boom, 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 boom. No, I don't want to even know what that'd be something like. So, all right, so we get the epilogue of the movie, right? We're done. They're sitting in a hotel, and the dad is just on board. He's like, yeah, I mean, I've been a hired killer my whole life, so yeah, let's keep on killing. Cool. And they're like, how far are we going to take this? He goes, no. The question isn't how far are we going to take it. The question is, do you have the Constitution to go as far as it needs to go? Uh, and so now that's the end of the movie, right? That's right. And over the credits, we don't get a, like a closing song. We get the interviews, much like the Avengers. I guess the Avengers stole from this. 
We saw Avengers first in the rewatch, but this movie came out first. But the street interviews of do you agree, do you disagree? So some people are like, no, you can't say that. Who are they to be the judge? And other people are like, yeah, fuck them. That's the only way to make sure. These guys fucking walk free all the time. I just fucking kill them. Fucking sign me up. Let's fucking do this. Fucking, let's fucking. And, all these, and then so then like people being interviewed start arguing with each other. And that's, I mean, this is the whole thing, which is kind of a cool bit, I think. Like uh, most of this movie is pretty cheesy, but I do think that this is pretty cool to show. Like what the public reaction would actually be to this? Uh, is this it, for real? It makes it ground. It uh, grounds it a bit. What do you mean? Is this for real? Yeah. Well, why are they asking people? And if it was it, no, real? they're. I mean, they're. They're obviously actors, if this but was, they're done yeah. man on the street style. Yeah. Like yeah. if if in Boston this did happen, then the news would go around and ask, "What do you think about this? What do you think?" Because as she said earlier, there's no public outcry to try to catch these people that are doing all these murders because they're only murdering criminals. So what do you think? Is this okay? You know, it's like Batman. Is vigilanteism okay or not? He's only getting bad guys, but still, like, there's that a precedent that we want to set? You know, there's there's a it, it raises a big question of of ethics. Well, what they said, uh, rapists and murderers, yeah. and like that criteria right, still, is pretty solid. Still, like the point of this is innocent till proven guilty. We need to have actual trial. You need to have a judge. You need to go through the system. You can't just decide, hey, you deserve to die and fucking murder a person. Because if we let them get away with it, even though they're only doing rapists and murderers, they claim, but then anybody can feel justified to go out and kill whoever they feel needs to be killed. So it, I get it, dude. Yeah. I get, and I, I, get I, I do. I do like that he brings it up and he ends the movie this way. Like That's the redeeming fucking factor is that he puts this in because there is a, a big ethical argument, you know, to like it could raise a lot of questions. So I do like that he put that at the end of it. But I do love that there's one guy at the very end, right before it cuts to black. He's like, I'm ready to get my shit on. I'm ready to get busy too, okay? I'm ready to get busy. <laughs> and just the way he says it's always fucking cracked me up. I love it. And that's the end of it. End of the end of the movie. So that's it. Thoughts. Let's go around the horn here, guys. Thoughts on this movie. All right. Well, I've, I've seen this movie a couple times. Um, I think it's a pretty funny movie at times, but also it's lame. And it, but it's not a movie that I hate at all. A bit nostalgic. <laughs> it's I think, lame, but it's not a movie I hate. Yeah, man. I, 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 it's not a movie I hate at all. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> so would I rewatch it? Absolutely. All right. And that's what I'll rate it. It gets a uh, gets a rewatch from your boy. Rewatch. All right. Uh Brandon. I loved it. Definitely was not my first time seeing it. Seen it several times. Uh I've always appreciated it. Uh watching it again recently. Okay. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's good. It's um there's a lot of unrealistic shit that happens in it, but it's, yeah. it's just entertaining as a movie, which yeah. is kind of what I look for. I don't want anything that needs to be super accurate, but also, you know, just enough to kind of, you suspend that disbelief just a little bit and you just kind of get immersed into it. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I'm rewatching this 10 times out of 10. Woo! 10 out of 10. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, nine out of 10. So I do like, yeah, like when the, the hotel room thing happens and they're like, or was it willing to feel like this TV's to blame for this? This is the type of shit you see in TVs. Normal people don't do this. So, like, it even pokes fun at itself for the ridiculous shit that happens. the explanation for this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do like that it, it points that out of itself. You know, it points out how ridiculous it is. Um, so usually on my thoughts, I don't, I don't write any notes because I want it to be purely just, just off the cuff, pure, genuine yeah. thoughts. But I have yeah. one note here. 
for my thoughts on this is Troy Duffy hit a real uh, bingo of bigotry. Okay. For this movie. Yeah. Because we get we get n bombs. Tell me the joke. We get the s words for Mexicans. We get slurs for Italians. S words for Mexicans. Yeah. The when he's telling the joke, we get the the, the derogatory s oh, words you call Mexicans. Picks. Yeah. Uh, we get terms against Italians, terms against Irish. We get what? slut shaming. We get gay shaming. We get everything except Asians. I think Asians are the only people that make it out of this movie without being fucking uh, derogatory terms. Like they don't. He doesn't. He doesn't talk shit on Asians at all. Other than that, I think he he hits a full bingo card. And uh, I get he wants to be edgy '90s movie, but I just don't need you cramming your bullshit down my throat, Troy Duffy. Um, I oh re- wait, actually, look at his uh, his filmography. His next movie after this is I Hate Asians. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, well, there you go. He uh, saved it for one big movie. He just he had so much to say. He needed one movie. Um, so like, it's it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just I think I've had my fill with it. So I think I would be good not ever seeing this again. Oh, damn, rare. Wow. It's yeah. the first where we both are like super stoked to have a rewatch yeah. and you're like, I, I, again, like, I remember that roommate- Nick is woke. Roommate <laughs> fucking love this thing and watching it. I was like, I don't need this. Right, just- they're tired of it. Why do you own you're this? Like, oh, again. I, I've had it forever because Since it then. used to be such a great fucking movie. You know, it was just the thing. And I just, I'm like- yeah, I don't care. There are so many other movies that have cool action scenes or interesting things going on. I can get all of the good parts of this movie without literally every fucking derogatory term ever said in one movie. I don't need it. I just don't fucking need it. But also, but to follow up on that, like, it's just a movie. Like, there's also several right. stuff in the movie that was like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just because something offensive is said doesn't mean it should right, be but it's just like discounted. The way it's a movie. I know, but he like shoehorns so much of it in. It's just like fucking shut up, Troy Duffy. Like just get over yourself. So I mean, I can go watch John Wick if I want to see cool gun shooting scenes. You know, like I can minus the racist stuff. Yeah, like I can get the same shit in other movies without the shit. And I just I like well, but I it was nineties and nineties movies needed to be edgy and they needed to be extreme. It's gritty. Yeah, and that there's a certain yeah there's a certain market for those types of movies. Uh, so, like John Wick is like the cleaner type, but you get those older ninety or like a Tarantino. Yeah. It's just real gritty. And I don't think this one. I just don't think this aged as well. So I'm good with not rewatching it. So Damn. there we go. Uh, that does it for us this week. Here, find us on Twitter rewatch underscore the, or you can email us the rewatch party at gmail.com uh, join us next week on a crazy cross country adventure with Borat until then I'm Nick with Los and Brandon and thanks for rewatching Why don't you make like a tree? And get the fuck out of here! Yagshamash, my name is Borat. I journalist for Kazakhstan. My government sent me to USA to make a movie film. Please, you look. Hello, nice to meet you. I knew it. Wait, what to say? Hello. Hello. Hello.
Hello, my name is Bora. Now you're new in town. Welcome to our country, okay? My name is Borat. Okay, okay, good, good. Well, I'm not used to that, but that's fine. If this car drive into a group of gypsies, will there be any damage to the car? It depends on how hard you hit them and all that. It's hard. Hard. Ladies and gentlemen, Can I say we support your war of terror? Kazakhstan is the greatest country in the world. I think that the cultural differences are vast. Exactly. And I think he's a delightful man, and it wouldn't take very much time for him to really become Americanized. You want to have a drink? You can't drink there while you're driving. I like you, you pipples. How can I be like you? What's up, vanilla face? Is it not a problem that a woman have a smaller brain than a man? That's it. Okay. We're finished. We have to leave. Nice. How much? She is your wife? No, nope, that's my wife. <laughs> In my country, they would go crazy. Oh my! <laughs> for, for these two, not so much. Please, you come see my film. If it not success, I will be executed. <laughs>